I so we uh we talked about this this morning at six thirty. Just the 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 uh, what Felipe just was talking about, like really appreciating what Christ did. You know, not taking it for granted. Jamal came up, and Jamal was talking about this morning, just like you know, really, really, un- really, like understanding what this whole resurrection was about. And then Stella came up. Stella was Stella thought more y'all should have been here at six thirty. Yeah. Stella said that. But but Stella was like, you know, Christ rose for us. We could at least show appreciation and, and be and rise for Him. And she was like, you know, she said all of those stripes that was in that movie. She said it. She really, you know, it kind of broke her down this morning. But you know, she had stage four cancer and she's healed. You know, she's healed by, by His stripes, right? <laughs> um, so it's kind of like you know, you could you could. Uh, you can really, really not re- understand what we've been afforded and really take it for granted. Be casual with it, you know, kind of like, uh, or like an entitled child, you know, just feeling entitled but not walking in appreciation. Uh, you know, just be kind of just, eh, well, you know, Christ did it, you know, as opposed to really, really appreciating, you know, something we talked about this morning and we'll get into here in a second. Let's go to... Uh, Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. And we're going to talk about being crucified with Christ, but most of all, we're going to talk about his resurrection power. Because the whole purpose of the cross was about power. People probably don't realize it, but it was about not just power for Christ, but power for us. Uh, so Acts chapter 4. I says uh, verse 32 it says in the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own but they had all things uh, in common they was in agreement in verse 33 it says and with great power you know tell somebody next to you with great power one more time with great power it says uh, with uh, great power gave the apostles witness of what the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all right with great power it says neither was there any among them that lacked for as many as were possessors of land and houses it says sold them and bought the prices of the things that were sold with great power they gave witness of the resurrection so here we have Christ that died for us right but he died and the scripture says all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. So I just I have, have all power. But, but he imparted that power unto us. And it said they use this power. That's how we're a witness to what he did. That's how we show appreciation. We walk in the power that we've been afforded. So we got to ask ourselves, are we living a life that's reflective of the death that took place for us? Now, somebody went through, if you look through the movie, you know, uh, I know it's kind of hard to take it off the shelf after you saw it the first time. But if you could just start looking back through that movie and you see, uh, he talked about his heart was ready. So I didn't pick that up. You know, I had to go back and look at it just to pick that point out. But the fact that his heart was ready and what he went through, you know, getting the meat snatched up out of his back. And, and, and in the movie, he, he's got beat down. He's on the ground. And I always share, like, I would have just played dead, you know, so they'd leave me alone. But, but, but he got up before he got up on the third day. He got up because he hadn't taken enough stripes. And the theologian says that, that the, you know, because uh, the tradition was you had to take 40 stripes, but each stripe represents something that we would go through. And so, so let's say at 18, they beat him to the ground. He was like, yeah, but that's not, hey, look, look, that's not 40. So he gets up and he takes, he gets get stuff uh, snatched out his back for another 10, right? That's 28. Oh, no, no, no. He got back up. got to get back up because it ain't 40. Somebody might go through depression, so I got to take a strike for that. Somebody might might be dealing with a gallbladder. I got to take a strike for that. Somebody may be be dealing with some mental illness. I got to take a strike for that, right? Somebody may be attacked with cancer. Oh, got to take a strike for that. Right? So, so he took everything. Like, see, see, see me, I would have been like, okay, I took stripes. Ain't that good enough? I would have been casual with it. 
I would have kind of said, well, come on, man. I took some stripes. Ain't that enough? Because that's what we do. I went to church, you know, at least two weeks in a row. Ain't that enough? I read the Bible at least a couple of times this week. I don't normally even read the Bible uh, one time. I read two times this week. Ain't that enough? Right? You see what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Jesus wasn't casual with what we needed, but it seems like we're casual with our exchange with him. And I was thinking, I was reflecting on this this morning. Uh, he went through an anguish, right? Yeah. It, was, it was agony. And remember what we were talking about last week in Unscrambling the Mind, like when you first start learning the word, it starts out with agony. Then it becomes an appetite, then it crosses over into amusement or a pleasure. But I noticed something when we deal with any agony, any discomfort, we retreat. It's overwhelming. It's too much. I don't understand. Like Christ is not even worth understanding to us. We won't go through any level of anguish. But look at what he went through to put us in a position to walk in power. And for the disciples to walk in that type of power, they had to deal with some anguish. They had to deal with some pain. It cost them something. Right? They paid a price. But like, like, like we spend all of our time defending our discomfort. Well, I'm, well ah, it's just uncomfortable. Well, I got to get up in the morning? Oh, man. You know, I, mean, I, was, I was chilling all night. It's Saturday. You know, I worked all week. So I did my, 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 my chores during the, during the day on Saturday. And then when it got to Saturday evening, you know, that was, that was my chill time. And, you know, I was, I'm trying to get all my chill time in. And then I got to get up and go to church in the morning. Oh, man. The, the agony. But when you start thinking about Christ, hey, it's the least I can do. And then the interesting thing is look at, walk through Jesus' life and look at the detail that he made sure we got what we got. Look at everything he went through. Look at, look at the thorns, the, the, the breaking of bones and the beating, all the stripes, spikes through his, his, his wrist and spikes through his legs, hanging by your wrist and your legs on a cross. Right? Some of us, if, if we just had our hands and we just had to stay on the cross for that time, we'd be like, man, this is crazy. Man, my arms hurt. Because that's how we feel when we praising the Lord and we, <laughs> we got our hands up. Like, man, Mr. Sam, you ain't finished that prayer yet? My arms hurt. My legs hurt, man. Can I sit down? Right? So think of what he went through. And that's why, you know, I think through like how we process things in the king. It's too much detail. Like, why does it take all that? Uh, or or if we talk about maturing or, or excellence, it's like, see, I think you're, you're binding me. Or we may call it, you know, this is a, a, a phrase they use in some circles, legalism. Right? We, we just call it. We, but we, we say those things. Why? We say those things because we're trying to get around the discomfort. The discomfort of, of staying within the presence of God. Right? And so, so, but we're supposed to be giving witness. It costs something to give witness to walk in power, right? You don't get power at your convenience. I repeat, you don't get power at your convenience. And, and, and some may say, well, I don't really need power. I'm good. I, so when that sickness comes to your door, what's going to get rid of it? Power. Right? That debt comes to your door. What's going to get rid of it? Power. I was listening to guys in the... In the Sorry about that, barbershop people. I was just guys in the barbershop, and they was like, man, I'm sick of playing the picket, man. I spent thousands of dollars. <laughs> and, and the most I ever hit for was, 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 I call it picket. I don't know if they call it picket out here. That's New Jersey. Scratch-offs or whatever. It's habit, habit. You know, my parents just sent me the, the, for the picket. In, the, in, Newark, in Newark, it was called a picket. Pick four, whatever, you know, pick it, you know, uh, besides the, you know, the, the hood numbers, you know, you had the hood numbers too, right? You know, just give me this straightened box. Y'all, it's a whole nother, you know, right? Y'all know, look, they're from North, they know. But, but anyway, they, they were talking about this, the uh, scratch off, is that, is that what they do here? Gambling. The lottery. How about that? Yeah, lottery. All right. All right. So everybody can relate to that. And so I was listening to him, and man, I was giving up all this money. And I was like, wow, they're actually using faith 
to play the lottery hoping that they hit it big. When God set up a system, they just tied. <laughs> but, 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 but if you tell somebody to tie, man, ain't nobody trying to tie to man. Ain't nobody trying to take my money. The lottery been eating you alive. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's like how we process things. You know, it's just so. But I was thinking through it, and I was like, "Wow!" Like, if they only understood, Christ died to give them power. The scripture says, "You've been redeemed." Galatians three thirteen. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And that curse, if you study it out, is poverty. Deuteronomy eight. If you look at Deuteronomy eight, the first fourteen verses talks about the blessing. We spoke that over y'all in the in the way. Right. And, uh, and, and uh, from 15 to like 60 something talks about the cursing. But if you if you put them in categories, it will be a list of poverty, the curses that cause you to be impoverished. There's, a, there's curses that cause you to deal with every level of sickness and disease. And of course, there's curses that lead to your death. But he redeemed us of all those curses, poverty, sickness and death. So when Christ died, we're redeemed. We are, we're rich, right? We're healed and we're eternally alive, right? If we attach our faith to what Christ did on that cross. But if, we, if we're casual, I don't believe that. That's a little bit too much. See, we have to attach, all we have to do is attach our faith to it and believe, right? All right, so, so, so and we can give, we're, we're trying to give him witness with this resurrection power. And so we're supposed to be uh, uh, overcoming them by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And that testimony is supposed to have power. But this is the thing. We have to be acquainted or get to know or be intimate with that power. Let's go to Philippians 3. Look at it in Philippians 3. Uh, I've shared this before, but when I was in Ohio, this guy used to come out. I don't know where he was from. He might have been from New York. But he used to come out to this Baptist church I was at. And he would teach this passage. And I used to listen to the you know, tapes back then. I used to listen to the tape over and over and over, over and over and over. And uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you what he used to say in one second. So verse 7, Philippians 3, 7. It says, but what things that were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. So whatever reputation, whatever uh, acquisitions, uh, whatever status, as far as wearing with Christ, that stuff has no value. It says, yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for who I am, for who I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung or doo-doo or whatever, that I may win Christ. So he's not saying I don't want nothing, but he said in comparison to winning Christ, I'll give up everything that this world has afforded me for Christ. You know, my props, my looks, you know, my, 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 my talent, uh, my music. If, if I can just win Christ, now the word Christ means the anointed one, the anointing. And the anointing is the bird removing, yoke destroying power of God, Isaiah 10, 27. So he's saying to win Christ, the anointed one and the anointing, to have that type of power. Listen, I'll take this little temporary stuff that make me feel good in the moment. Right? What is it? It says uh, Mo Moses didn't want to. He gave up his power because it, he says, I don't want the pleasures of sin for a season. I want all power. There's, a, there's a, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, right? And so let's, uh, so, so what scripture I just read to y'all? Seven. I read eight, two, right? All right. Verse nine. It says, and be found in him. Now, now every time you see that word, a lot of times it means inside. So, so, uh, was it you, Jamal? No, it was Marcus. You said the scripture that that's your new favorite scripture is, uh, what is it? 2446, and what does it say? I suppose know that, right? I'm the, I'm the preacher. When he comes, will he find you doing, right? Yeah, operating in, in, in what your purpose and what you're designed to do. But this is says, look, and be found in him. So, so this, when, when you find me, I'm in Christ, right? If you surprise me, I'm in Christ. If you sneak up on me, 
I'm in Christ. It says, not having my own righteousness. Now, sometimes we have our own righteousness. We've established our own righteousness. Our pastor Mel teaches an evangelism class. A lot of times we say, my God wouldn't be bothered if I do that. My God wouldn't be bothered if I listen to that. My God wouldn't be bothered if I, you know, d- just, just, you know, flow like I flow. But what Pastor Mel said, yeah, your God wouldn't. But what does the God do? And it's not a punishment. God is not punishment. And we can flip it and trip it and call it all types of uh, bondage. Or I don't think it takes all that. But no, God is trying to get us something. See, again, look at this. Look at it from this standpoint. Traffic lights was designed for protection, not for prevention, even though it stops you and it slows you down. Remove the traffic lights, there'd be a lot of what? Accidents. And so it's not, it's, not, it's not a punishment that there's traffic lights. It's actually trying to keep you from crashing. Well, God's laws are like traffic lights. It's trying to keep us from crashing in our lives. They're not really for prevention, they're for protection. It's just because if we go outside of the presence of God, remember we said you take a, a fish out of water, it dies. Eventually it'll die. You know, it may flap around for a while, but eventually it'll die, right? You take a tree out of the ground, eventually it'll die. It may not die right away, but since its roots are not connected to a source of life, eventually it'll die, right? Take man out of God. Same principle. So what God, God has almost created a spiritual, and, and, and I'm not calling nobody dogs, but a spiritual electric fence. The electric fence in, that people have in their houses is to protect the dogs, right? Because the dogs don't know any better. They may what? run out into the street and get hit by a car. But with the electric fence, what happens? They'll get to the invisible fence, they get a shock, and what? It keeps them within the protection, the confines of protection. And that's what this word is. When you step outside of the word, you should get a shock. That shock is called what? Conviction. Not condemnation, but it's called conviction. So what does the conviction do? It's saying, hey, you're going too far. Hey, come back. You're going to hurt yourself. Hey, you can't stay out there. There's no resources out there to sustain you. It will destroy you eventually. Right? So that conviction is supposed to bring you back into the presence of God. The dangerous thing is when we no longer are convicted. That's what what the Bible calls a reprobate mind in Romans chapter 1. Where you're so numb... You don't, you don't walk outside of the presence of God. You don't even realize you you out here, right? Because you're numb. Like you don't feel that conviction no more. You're not pulled. You can do something ungodly and fight somebody to do it because you're, you, you're, you're so numb you don't realize this is, this is still, it's, it's kryptonite, right? You don't realize it's weakening you, right? Okay, so, all right, so, be found in him is what I was talking about. Now I have my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. By faith. So in that scripture saying, there are, two, there, there are two types of righteousness. So, so a lot of times we go, I'm righteous. Or is it your righteousness or God's righteousness? Is it according to God's way of being in, in agreement with, or have you established your own way to comfort yourself? Right. And then, uh, okay. so verse 10, it says that I may know him. That word know means to be intimate with him. Look, look, not when I know him, I'm going to get to know something else. Look, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering and being made conformable unto his death. Now, that word suffering there means it's a strength. So we think, you know, well, sickness beat me up. I'm suffering with the Lord. That's not what it's saying. It's his fellowship with his suffering. His suffering, he had, a, he had restrained retaliation. So he suffered to be nailed on the cross. You're talking Christ. He had the power not to be nailed. He did that for us. So in other words, he sacrificed humility or what's actually the root of it is humiliation so we could have power. So I'm going to let you get this one because I'm, I'm sacrificing this for some people. And so a lot of times we're in, in humbled situations for someone else. 
Like you have to go through that test because the people you're going to affect down the road are going to need you to make that sacrifice today. But when we start thinking about our comfort and our convenience, we're thinking about our moment today at the expense of our fulfillment tomorrow and others fulfillment by the test we pass. Jesus was looking ahead. The Bible says in, in Hebrews 12, it says he endured the cross because of the glory that was set before him. So he saw past the cross to the crown. Are you seeing past your cross to your crown? You see what I'm saying? Are you, are you seeing beyond your restrained retaliation now for what God has for you later? Are you seeing beyond your humiliation to your elevation? Right? Are you seeing beyond your humiliation to your elevation? Or are you just stuck in your humiliation? Are you just trying to save face now at the expense of your place later? Right? All right, so that we know in the power services be conformed to that. Verse 11. It says, If by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Right? Attain to the right. It says, not only, not only as though I had already attained, either were already perfect or matured, it says, but I follow, follow after that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended already arrived, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. I press toward the mark of uh, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So he says, I may know him in the power of his resurrection. And as a guy that was preaching the sermon uh, years in Ohio, he was like, he said, he said, I just want to know Christ. He said, he said, when people talk to me, he said, what you doing this week? Christ. He said, he said, he says, why don't you do that no more? Christ. Why you stop drinking? Christ. Why you stop listening to music? Christ. He said, he said, everything that came out of the, he said, just Christ. It's all about Christ. But a lot of us is not about Christ. It's about our comfort. It's about our convenience. And again, that's, that, that, that's human. The flesh wants to be comfortable. <laughs> the, hey, leave it up to your flesh, you'll sleep all day. You leave it up to your flesh, you won't. See, your body is aging. I'm, I'm 56 years of age. August, I'll be 57 years of age. The body is aging. You can't depend on the body. It's trying to die. The spirit is indeed willing. The flesh is weak. Uh, Matthew 26, 41. So, so in thinking about this power of this resurrection, knowing the power of the resurrection. So knowing in the midst of embarrassment, humiliation, fear, uh, perceived weakness or perceived lack of value, knowing that I got power in me. I'm going to be resurrected. See, see, in embarrassment, humiliation, fear, perceived weakness, lack of value, the flesh is dying, anguishing. They don't see me. They've overlooked me. They forgot about me. They don't appreciate me. Man, they playing me, man. Right? In that moment, the flesh is dying. And what God is saying, let it die, man. Let it die. I can resurrect you from there. Hey, hey, look, 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 look. In that place of humiliation, oh, 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 I can resurrect you from there. When you give up what the flesh wants, whether you're smoking, drinking, or whatever, Hey, 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 I can resurrect you from there. What you were doing to sustain your comfort or to give you temporary power, you gave up the temporary power. Hey, I can resurrect you from there. That's what God is saying. Give me a shot. See, that's what Jesus did. He, he went in the garden. He says, man, man, let, he said, if it's your will, let this bitter cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, thy will be done. He was saying, man. What I see about to happen, I ain't never seen nobody be resurrected from there. And he said, nevertheless, not my will, thy will be done. You know what he, was, know what he got? He, he got some intel. I can resurrect you from there. And he believed God. Will you believe God can resurrect you from there? When it gets funky, like when you start to make that move towards God, and right away, finances start going crazy. Yeah, you because know, you decided, you know what? We're going to take this thing to another level. <laughs> We're going we gonna to tithe. We ain't never tithe. We ain't never tried that. And then first week you tithe, all types of stuff start changing around the house. You know, stuff start breaking. Right. You know, bill collectors start calling. Like, they, they was calling honorable mention, like, with, a, with the, auto, the auto call. Now, it's somebody actually calling you. 
ringing your doorbell. Hey, we know you're in there. <laughs> Give us our money. <laughs> right, right, right. All types of stuff start happening. Right? Are you going to let God resurrect you from there? Or you be like, oh, no, no, no. We, hey, 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 babe, we got to get the hustle on. What we do is don't pay them. Pay them. Slip that over there. Man, forget about them. They might catch up with us later. Or do we say, God can resurrect me from there. Man, I'm about to live for God. All of a sudden, you feel this little pain. Where that pain come from? Do you run to the ibuprofen first? Or do you say, God can resurrect me from there? Do you spend a week going, by your stripes I'm healed? You said you removed, uh, you sent your word to heal me. You removed the sickness from the midst of me. You redeemed me from the curse of the law, poverty, sickness, and death. Or is your first thought to go to man? To go to the temporary, because you know the, the ibuprofen may give you temporary relief of the symptoms, but there's not an ibuprofen in the world that can heal you. Right? You know that, right? Are you just, I believe I received my healing in Jesus' name. Right? See, you see what I'm saying? What's our first shot? Do we say, God can resurrect me from there? Uh, uh, we're laying some people off this week. You know, pressed into God. Yeah, God at another level. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to let some folk go. And, uh, you know, we appreciate your service. And actually, we're in a position where we can't really give you any severance. But we're just going to let you go. At that point, do you go, oh, God can resurrect me from there? Or do you go, hey, 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 ain't nobody eating up in here. <laughs> I went to the grocery store. I got some romaine noodles. That's all we rolling with right now. Just romaine noodles, that's it. Romaine noodles and water. <laughs> Pop costs too much. Right? Now, where you going? No, you don't need to drive there. We got to save this gas. Or do you say God can resurrect me from there? When the spouse is, is flipping and tripping, you going to church, the spouse don't want to go to church. Do you go, do, uh, look, look, do you go, uh, 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 your spouse go, honey, what's for dinner? I'm fasting. That's what I'm doing. I'm fasting. You get yourself holy, you be fasting too. Right? Do you get funky first when they're not doing holy things? Or you go, oh, God can resurrect us from here. Do you pull on the power or the fear? Because I'm telling you the fervent effectual prayers of the righteous avail of much. The scripture says make much power available. Do you, like, uh, they was in a, uh, Paul was in prison. Uh, no, Peter was in prison, and it, it said the saints prayed without ceasing. Like, no, 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 not. They prayed for like 10 minutes, was chilling, played cards, had a few drinks. Then it's like, oh, that's right, we're supposed, we supposed to be praying for Peter, right? No, they said they prayed without ceasing. You know why? Says Deb, you know why they prayed without ceasing? Because they knew we can stir up some power. It said the angel came in and took the shackles off of Peter. Peter thought it was a dream. Shackles fall off. I was like, uh, come follow me. So he, he's following. Imagine, he's following. He said, wait a minute, man. Am I in a dream? He got released from bondage through prayer. So uh, uh, do we believe in the power of prayer or the power of our concern, our worry? Right? All right, all right good, good, good. I, good, good. I, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying it because this is, this is how we have to process things. I'm not trying to put nobody down. I'm not saying, like, this is where we learn how to operate this way. We've crossed over into the kingdom. How do you know how to operate in the kingdom life if you don't get kingdom instructions? And the Bible says, God has taken the foolish things of the world and confound the wise. It's going to sound like foolishness at first. It's going to seem overwhelming at first. It was going to seem, I'm never going to get this. I'm just never going to get this because I've never been able to get it before. But the scripture says he'll work in you to will and to do his good pleasure. He'll work in you. It says he'll do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. That resurrection, same power to raise Jesus from the dead when you accept Jesus is, is on the inside of you. Amen. He just said, I just need you to yield to the power. Yield to the power. He just need, I need you to, see, God can resurrect you from there. It, 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 on the day, the, the day uh, when y'all saw the movie, when Jesus gave up the ghost, when he let go everything, you talk about emptying out, 
it's the stuff starts shaking, man. When he let go, and, and see, and when we let go, we place the demand to be filled up. When we decrease, we place the demand to be increased. So John said, I must decrease and he must increase in John 3.30. And so when we bury, bury ourselves, allow ourselves to be died and buried, we place a demand to be resurrected. So when that power shows up, it shakes some things, Minister Sammy. It said, it said the, the earth starts shaking. The centurion that was in denial was like, I think we messed up here, man. I think he was the real deal. <laughs> I better think of some, something nice to do, <laughs> you know, because that was God. It said the veil was rent. Now, when you see that, how hey, hey, they just tore a curtain? First of all, you just can't tear, tear, tear a veil. They're not making stuff. They didn't make stuff in paper like they do now, right? You could, like right now, you just going up to it and just trying to tear it. You couldn't just tear it like that. That material was thicker than that. But it said the veil was ripped from the top. Now, uh, uh, you know, my, my, my family members went out to Greece and stuff, and they was looking at the, the, the structures. So when you think of a temple, don't think of, uh, what is this, 10, 11 foot ceilings? No, 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 no. <laughs> Man, think like 50, 60 feet. Think like that. Like, you know, you, you go, go today, just go look on the internet and look through all the, the cathedrals and stuff like that overseas. Like, you see the people in there, like, you see a picture with some uh, person in there, and the person looked like an ant compared to how massive, how high those things are. So the veil was that high. It wasn't like reachable. What we got over there, Mark, is it a 16-foot ladder? It's not even 16-foot because we, we needed 16-foot at the last church. So, what, 12-foot? All right, it is a 12-foot ladder. So, and at the, at the last church... Uh, remember, we had a curtain in the back, and it, it and it was a so so we had to rent a, a sixteen foot ladder, and we couldn't use it from the floor. We had to bring it to the stage, and it still wasn't high enough because I was dangling on beams to put up the curtains. Right, my wife didn't like that, but you know, I was literally I was I was, just, I was on the wall hanging on the beams to put up the curtains. Right, take that, multiply that by four or five times, so it wasn't just you couldn't just reach it. It said the veil was ripped from the top. That power was so powerful. It ripped the veil from the top. And the reason why it was the top so nobody could say man did it. Mm -hmm. One thing it said the veil was ripped and they went to the bottom and they tore it. It was ripped. Read the scripture. Power showed up. And this is the same power that we have access to. This is the same power. Now, Jesus got access to that power through his obedience, his, the death on the cross. He got access to that power through his death on the cross. Right? It was through his obedience. See, this is the thing. Full obedience kills the life of the flesh. Right? Partial obedience injures the flesh. Right? No obedience empowers the flesh. And so, so, so the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, it says, 2 Corinthians 10, 6, it says, uh, having the readiness to, re to, to, to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So, so Christ was obedient unto death. That's how he pulled on the power. So we have to be obedient. And I, I get it. I get it. The natural man goes, this is too much obedience. And, and, and obedience sounds like uh, bondage, but it accesses power. The obedience, what makes it feel like bondage or feel like it's too legal or feel like it's, you're, you're under shackles, that's the flesh. That's the carnal man. The spirited man is indeed willing. The spirit man is almost coaching you, do it, man. Be obedient. Whoa, we're going to walk in power, man. I need some power. The flesh is running this thing and keeps getting us in trouble. Has us living less than. Have us living under debt, under uh, sickness and disease. You know, you're ever having a good day and your flesh just go crazy. Your flesh is going off on people, saying stuff you don't want to say. You have been in your argument and you on the inside of your body going, don't listen to her. Don't, no, no, that's not. She tripping. Don't listen to her. You on the inside, you can't stop it. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. I know y'all know what I'm talking about. I've been there. 
Like, I was like, oh, no, 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 bad, bad. Don't even listen to him. But I'm on the inside. He doesn't start talking. Breaking it down because I'm an exhaustive talker. So breaking it down, breaking it down, breaking it down, breaking it down. I'm like, dude, like, it ain't all that serious. But, I, but the flesh done jumped out. So you know what I do? I start praying. I pray more. I read more. If I'm out of whack, I'm just, hey, oh, uh, listen, I'm going to crucify the flesh because I know something the flesh don't like to do. Read the word. I know something else the flesh don't like to do. Pray. Flesh can't stand worship. Amen. Godly stuff the flesh can't stand. Flesh can't stand if I don't let it eat what it wants to eat. So, so what I do is, oh, so we rolling like that? You going to get me in trouble? You going to pay. That's what I be doing with the flesh. Ask my wife. You going to get me in trouble? With the flesh? No, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing uh, You probably look around the house and look like I ain't doing nothing. But, but, but what I'm doing is I'm crucifying the flesh. I'm crucifying the flesh because I need power. I can't walk in weakness. Every time I walk in weakness, it, it messes me up. I don't know about y'all, but it messes me up. It means messing up all types of messing up exchanges, relationships. You ever have a, a, like, a heated discussion and you won? You know, you won. Like you, 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 I mean, you, you, hey, hey, hey. You won. You scared the person. You said stuff to overwhelm the person so they couldn't even really come back, right? And then they, they, they only say, they said uncle, uncle, uncle. And they apologize to you and you walk away empty. Right? Because the flesh ran that thing, right? All right so, so, so this is the thing. God's trying to get power to us. And the scripture says, uh, John 12. Let's go to John 12. John 12. We're trying to get some power. Um, this is in our church. The vision for this year is uh, new beginnings, which is about resurrection. You know, it's, it's, and, and, and if we're honest with ourselves, ain't we tired of the same old thing? Now, now, now ask yourself, let's be honest. Let's all of us be honest. I'd use me because um, I've been boo-boo the fool on quite a few occasions in my life. Um, and I just, when I was back in the day, I was boo-boo the fool since I've been in Charlotte. But when I say boo-boo the fool, it's like the flesh man just be having me doing stupid stuff, you know, like, and so, so think about this, like, and then if I make a mistake, my natural man says, hey, 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 so Marcus, we're going to need the, uh, the circles. No, the uh, natural person, worldly Christian, and in the, in the, it's, it's coming. Uh, so what, what happens is my, my, my natural man says, okay, you made a mistake, Keith, but it really wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a mistake. <laughs> you know, just you slightly... Just did some things different, but you, listen, listen, ain't nothing wrong with you. You smart. You always been smart. So we're going to do it again. It probably was you did it, you did it this year, but you should do it next year. Then I do it next year, and I mess it up again. Then it go, Key, you know what happened? It was you did it the wrong month. You just need to do it a different month. It's the same thing. Different day, different month. I'm, insanity is what? Doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. And you know what it is? It's pride. For me, it's pride. My pride has me doing the same thing. And so I got to kill that flesh so, so I can embrace the humility of, hey, I need to do something different. Not just do it because I've always done it. Because because grandpa and them did it. I'm going to have to change something. Some of us have made changes, but look, look, we're, we're straddling the fence. We ain't all in in the change. We're still holding on to where we've been. Like we still, we, 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 we still carrying around the accolades of the past or, or, or the, 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 uh, the props or the, the circle of influence. Right? We, we haven't really crossed over to let God resurrect us. So we holding on to a little bit of our power, thinking that just in case, I wasn't stupid. And in my case, I just had to embrace I was stupid. I just let it all go. I let it all go and started from scratch and said, God, you're gonna have to resurrect me from here. 
And, and the things that I let go was important to me. I had success in. I had platforms in. I had plenty of platforms. Every, everywhere I went. Hey, yo, yo, you go Keith, man. Especially in, in, the, in the first level of my life in the basketball community, I can go anywhere. I can go anywhere. Play anywhere. I, I lived in New Jersey. I played with teams from New York. I played with, I played with this pro, that pro. Yeah, but I had, to, I, had to, I had to, when God said I had to, to change something, I left what I had built up. I left it. I worked hard to, to get a name for myself. And, and then God was telling me to move to Ohio. Man, nobody in New Jersey trying to go to Ohio. That's not on your map. When I grow up, I can't wait to go to Columbus, Ohio. Like, I, I appreciate that I went, that I found my wife and my purpose there, but that wasn't what my, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not dogging out Columbus, Ohio. I'm just saying that wasn't, and then I was leaving familiar. Some of us are still carrying around what we're familiar. It's in our pocket. It's like those crumbs in your pocket because you, you, you didn't totally clean out your pocket. You're just carrying around, hoping that you still can get props from those crumbs. And God is saying, man, come on, let it go. Can I get you to be all in, as, as Pastor Mel was saying? Can I get you to empty out, all right? I just told you, go John, John, John 12. John 12, 24. It says, verily, verily, this is Jesus talking in red letters. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Right? So it's saying, a corn of wheat is talking about a seed. And if, if, if that seed, if you keep that seed in your pocket, you have a seed. And some of the things that God has given us, our talents, our gifts, our creativity, is seed. But we've been trying to eat the seed. Or, look, look, worse, store the seed. Just keep the seed in the pocket. Guess what? You just got precious seed in your pocket. A seed has no value unless it's sown. So, so there's different levels. I mean, I, I know, you know, people preach all the time about sowing monetary seeds. Yes, mon uh, money is a seed. But I'm telling you, the most precious seed of all is you. Have you sown you into the kingdom? Uh, but see, sowing is a burial. It's all of you. He says that's not some of you. Now, imagine sowing a seed and trying to hold a piece back. It, it really don't make sense if you think about it, right? But that's what we're doing. We're like, we're, we're sowing the seed, but we still got our fingers on it. I don't want to let go of the whole thing, you know. <laughs> Well, if you don't let go of the whole thing, you don't get the whole harvest. Right? And so, so, so that's what it says, except the corner we fall to the ground and die. So except we bury ourselves. Look, it said that, that seed abides alone. If we don't bury ourselves, we're going to abide alone. We're going to end up. Hey, listen, at, at, at the end of our, our passing, we're going to be by ourselves. Ain't nobody showing up. And the scripture talk about the rich, rich man that died. Ain't nobody show up. See, because he never sold himself to what God designed him for, and that was to impact others' lives. That was to give himself into others' lives, right? All right, so, 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 so here we, got, we have this thing where we have to bury. Now, look here at uh, verse 25. So after he breaks down, you have to bury yourself. He says this, he that loveth his life. See, now, now that's why I know he's talking about our life is a seed. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it until life eternal. So, so now when he says he that loveth his life, he's talking about the flesh life, the natural life, the natural man, or the worldly or the carnal part of your life. He said if you love that, you're going to lose the spiritual man, the spiritual part of your life. What I'm trying to get from your life, the powerful, powerful you. If you love the weak you, you'll lose the power you. He said that like he that hates his life, right? It's talking about if you hate the natural, he says, then you'll, you'll uh, what does it says? You'll, you'll keep the life eternal or, or the powerful life. So we have a, uh, Marcus. So, so uh, we have a, a, a discipleship class we do. It's called Master Life. And we're doing the discipleship personality. And so it talks about giving your will up for God's will, giving your attitudes and everything up for God's will. And, it, and, it, and it, it, see, first somebody said, give up your will for God. We go, well, I go to church. I go to church. And they say, no, 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 no. You got to give up your attitudes because some people are reluctantly even going to church. 
like you're doing God a favor. You know, a lot of times we go, hey, God, I'm going to look out for you. I'm coming to church. <laughs> God, God. Now, I read today. You're lucky I did that. I, I, what I'm saying is I, I know people don't think exactly like that, but that's how the behavior looks. Like we're doing God a favor. Like, uh, remember, I, I, who was I talking? Who said it? Uh, who said it? Was it uh, Dr. James Merrick? When he said he changed change your, uh, your have to I get. Yeah, because he says a lot of times we say I have to go to church or I have to read or I have to pray. He said change all your haves to get. I get to read. I get to pray. I get to give. That's what I have to give. I get to give up music. Not I have to. You see, he says, so, I, so, so now that natural person, as you can see, this is a doorway. It's open to the flesh. The, the, the spirit door is closed, so God can't access you, but Satan can access you. That's the natural person. So that's the person that's born in sin and shaping in iniquity, as it says in the book of Psalms. You know, and then you, you cross over here. So now, you know, we, we come to church and stuff like that. We learn we're supposed to be living more spiritual. And let's go to the next one. And then so, no, the next one, which is the worldly. Yeah, so, you, so now you become, you, we sometimes, we... The flesh door was open. We opened the door to God, right? Which is a good thing, don't you think? We opened the door to God, you know, with uh, that scripture, 1 Corinthians 3 says, but we, we stay as babes, spiritual babes, because we kept the door open to the flesh. So the scripture says, you're fleshly minded. You're carnal minded. But, but, but I'm doing some spiritual things, but I live a fleshly life, Right? So what's feeding my mind, will, and emotions, and what's bled through my feelings is the flesh. But I, I do honorable mention spiritual stuff. And so I give myself a pass. Why? Because I'm doing spiritual stuff. Hey, somebody say, so where's your, where's your walk with God? I pray. That's the first thing people say. I pray. Okay. But the scripture says you're, you have confidence if you're praying according to the will of God. In, in 1 John 5. Not just praying, communicating. You could be communicating fleshly thoughts. Being fed, fed by the flesh, right? And so, 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 so you got this worldly Christian. So, so that, that natural person in the worldly Christian, that's the life that we're holding on to. So we're not totally giving our life to Christ. And let's go to the next one. And this is the spiritual Christian. Look, 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 look. The door is closed. Mortified those members is what the scripture says. Look, look, crucified the flesh. Now, now we just, y'all talk about the movie, The Passion of Christ. Crucifixion was a death. An anguishing death. It wasn't no, hey, flesh, what I need you to do is chill. No, 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 ain't no chill. No, you, no, you don't get a shot no more. I'm crucifying you. So the flesh is crucified. Satan doesn't have access. The flesh can't bleed through your mind, will, your emotion, intellects, and your feelings. But look at this. The door is open to the spirit only. So, so Ephesians 5.18, it says, be filled with the spirit. Be being filled is what it says. And then Galatians 2.20. Let's go there. Galatians 2.20. That's the key. I was talking, uh, we just sat at a, a pastor's uh, retreat, and, and Billy Graham's pastor was the speaker and he said man no matter what every time I saw Billy Graham uh, hey hey th those pictures I had uh, you still got those alright so he said every time I saw Billy Graham he would come back and say man I'm crucified with Christ he said and, and, and the reason why it amazed him so this is uh, Times Square this is the crowd that showed up for Billy Graham at Times Square go to the next one that's 60,000 over 75,000 this is 100,000 people Yankee Stadium right Keep going. All right. Seoul, Korea, right? This is uh, 1.1 million people showed up. Billy Graham's on the platform. 1.1 million, right? Uh, keep going. This is uh, 103,000 Hong Kong. Keep going. 60, 60, 68,000 in the Canada. Keep going. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's us praying for Will Graham, his... his, his uh, his uh, grandson. That's, that's it. You good. All right, so 
But look at all those situations, all those platforms. For some of us, God could, couldn't even, after we, after we was in the stadium, God can't use us no more. Because we got the big head. Some of us have, have performed in front of thousands or spoken in front of thousands or, or hundreds or, or we were with this celebrity and God ain't been able to use us since because we didn't stay crucified. Here, this guy, well, man of God, I don't want to just belittle him. Millions. Now, you may not want to, but suppose God has designed you to be in front of 300,000. And then after that, 600,000. This is one, one, one group of 600,000. And after that, a million. Are you crucifying yourself now to be able to handle that level? See, what you're saying to yourself is it doesn't take all that because you're, what you see yourself doing is a whole lot less than what God designed you to do. There's a reason why God Put you in an atmosphere where you're stretched like you are, where you're challenged like you are, where they don't let, let, let off of you. They don't let off of you because of your platform that you're supposed to be on. Not because they're trying to punish you. Like for us, God has given us a responsibility to empower people to purpose. So we'll give ourselves, we'll deal with the humiliation, we'll deal with the criticisms, We'll deal with whatever we have to deal with so you can be what your purpose to be. As opposed to, well, I don't want to say that. That might, that might offend them. Well, I don't want to say that. That may bother them a little bit. No, no, no. If it bothers them, then we'll be crucified. But you'll get what you need. Let, read the scripture. Christ ain't let go. He shared the truth and then watered it down. Because it was more about our life than it was. We wouldn't even have the scripture. Suppose you're supposed to write the next chapter of the Bible. You're going to write in your compromise? Because what's in you is what's going to come on these pages. So you're going to write in, you're going you're gonna to tweak it to justify your compromise? Or are you going to write in the truth? Un unfiltered, unadulterated because you've been, your flesh has been crucified, so it's not controlling your hand. Suppose that's you. you I, I don't understand why. Why they treat me this way? Because you're not supposed to be in that arena. I don't understand, man, they overlooking me because that's not what you're purposed to do. So you're, you're sitting there thinking people are tripping on you. No, they're operating the business as usual. You're out of position, not them. And it's not supposed to be comfortable. Birds got this thing down to a sign. As the birds, uh, you know, as, the, as the, 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 little, the eaglet is growing up, they'll start pulling twigs in the nest. So everywhere the, the eagle turns, uh, they get stuck. Uh, they get stuck. They, they, they want them uncomfortable. Because they figure if, you, if the eagle's uncomfortable, what? They're going to jump out the nest. Because they're not designed to be comfortable in the nest. They're designed to fly. That's why they have wings. And guess what? And if they don't jump out, they're giving them an opportunity to make the choice. If they don't jump out, they pick them up and throw them out. Because what, what, what the parents are thinking is, you're not living if you're not flying. You don't need to be a bird with wings and live in a nest. You could be a little a chipmunk or whatever. But you have wings for a reason. And so they throw them out, fly or die. Now, if we saw that, we... What kind of parent is that? Going to throw their kid out their nest. A parent that loves them. Because they know they don't understand they're powerful. And they're not going to be powerful if they're not flying. I want them to see the world. Not be comfortable on a tree. And that's what God is trying to do with us. That's why we've been resurrected. We've been resurrected to, to see what we've never seen. To do what we've never done. To do sometimes what it seems like we're incapable of because we haven't done it. But now we got power. We just have to tap into that power. We have to allow the death. See, see, we're not antique collectors. You know, just collecting uh, accolades, stats, and stuff like. See, that flesh life, that natural person has been celebrated to a point where it's not allowing our resurrection. 
that flesh, the flesh, the props, the swag, how we communicate. I, I mean, all those things are good. Or look, I, I have 17 degrees. That's wonderful. Man, man, I appreciate you putting in the work for that. But those degrees has nothing to do, have no value if you're not fulfilling purpose. They don't have value just because everybody going around calling you whatever, whatever they're calling you, doctor or whatever they call you. I mean, those things are nice, but it's about fulfilling purpose. Listen, hey, hey, hey if y'all want, we, we, we can have a, a, a Friday night Bible trivia day. Oh, I love it. I've been all through that Bible. I love it. You, you know, it was like uh, on Jeopardy. Uh, 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 give me Paul for a thousand. Jim, David. Oh, give me David for five thousand. David, five, I, I'll be. What? I know David. David mentored me. Right? What? 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 what, what understanding. Uh, the, Give me understanding for 300, understanding for 500, understanding for 700. Yeah, yeah, right. But guess what? If I'm not in purpose, who cares if I win Bible trivia? And, and honestly, some of us as Christians are just Bible trivia people. You know that scripture, Minister Sammy? I do. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Pastor Mel said, are you living it? See, see, see. Are we walking in power? That's what changed people, man. God wants us to operate in power. He, he, he wants you to open your mouth and people go, how you know that? I've never told no one that. He wants someone sick to be healed. So, yes, he wants you to pray for them, but sometimes he just wants them to be healed in your presence. Remember, they, they walked by and said, uh, uh, Peter and John, their shadows start healing folks. <laughs> Said, then the people start grabbing handkerchiefs and stuff like that, taking handkerchiefs, and it started healing for I mean, We gave somebody a handkerchief, and the, the child was dealing with stuff. They, it, it wasn't us. Trust me. Jesus is the healer. But the impartation that was in it, that child's not dealing with that no more. Amen, right? Amen. Right? <laughs> right, so, so, so it's like, well, what, what, are, are, we, are we walking in power? Listen, yes, we, we, yeah, my wife prayed for somebody. They had uh, uh, cancer in their body, prayed for them, and a mask. They threw up the mask in the moment. Wasn't next week or nothing. That wasn't Pastor Melanie. That was Pastor Melanie yielding to the power. That was the anointed one in the anointing. Yes, we went into the hospital. The person was in a coma. Prayed for the person. Ask her. We prayed. I walked right out of the hospital. Got a call by the time we got home. Person's eyes start moving and got up out that hospital. Now, unfortunately, they didn't come back to church. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, uh, they came that first Sunday. <laughs> that first Sunday, they got up out that hospital out of the coma. First Sunday, after that, they didn't come no more. Just took it for granted. But you understand, uh, you understand what I'm saying? That God wants us to use power. Not just, we can change lives. God can change lives through us is what I'm really trying to say. So, so that's what it's about power. So, so, so I wanted to share this like for us to bury that natural man. Like, like if we want to have a new beginning, we got to kill that natural man. His attitudes, the pride. We got to bury it. Like totally bury it. And, and I, I want to share this. Everything God has put in this earth realm is a seed, including us. We got to watch being too comfortable being seed. The scripture says you're supposed to be like trees, planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in your season, producing things. And we already know, we talk about it here all the time. Other people are supposed to partake of your fruit. Oranges don't eat their own oranges. Orange trees don't eat their own oranges, right? So, th so, so we're not supposed to just be seeds. We're supposed to grow. Even the scripture says when they, were, when they first got cursed, it says Satan shall, shall bruise your heel. But it says he'll always be after the woman's seed. We were called seed. We've always been seed. Seeds have no purpose unless they're planted. They, they have to be buried. If we don't bury ourselves, decrease, totally kill that flesh, we'll never see that resurrection power. And that's why we're still thirsty sometimes. That's why something's missing. 
Because we're not designed to exist. We're designed to produce. And we're designed to produce based on being buried, planted, and start to grow and harvest. Uh, uh, you know, that's why we go through brokenness. This is a book called The Release of the Spirit. And in the book, it, it highlights John 12. It says, set the corner, we fall to the ground. But it says, a lot of times we praying for stuff, God's sending to us what it takes to break us. But we're like, uh, we're like, uh, you, know, I, I, you know, I was, at a, I was uh, doing Bible study at a, a, a Division I football team university. So I would go to the uh, pro days. So, you know, the, the defensive backs and stuff like that, you know, they're taught how to swivel their hips and move. We're like that when, it, when God's trying to send us what it takes to break us to release what's in us. Whoa! Yeah, you try, you, good try, good try. Almost got me, God. You almost got me. Like, we're trying to get a manipulate, get around the very thing that God is sending to us to break us to release what's in us. We think our discomfort, our agony is a punishment. It's a blessing. Because it's not hurting your, your, your spirit, man. It's hurting your flesh. And the flesh needs to be crucified. So we have to allow... Uh, the disciplines and the, the breakings and the discomfort. That's breaking our will, not our spirit. It's trying to release our spirit because we're praying. We're, Lord, Lord, we're on our face. We're in anguish. We're, we're praying and praying and praying. And we give ourselves props for praying. And God is saying, I answered your prayers. Why do you keep get, trying to get around the very thing that I'm sending to release what's in you? You have a treasure hidden in your earthen vessel. Uh, uh, my wife talked about the seven last words uh, at uh, 6.30 and one of them is it's finished. Like when we praying God is going didn't think of that one. No God is going oh it's finished I already thought of that. It's already hey I thought of it before you prayed it you've been delighting yourself in me I gave you the desires of your heart. I show I, I, I put that in you. So when you prayed it out you got an agreement with me now I'm sending what it takes to release that treasure hidden in that vessel. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. I'm, that, hey, 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 but don't run from it. Uh, uh, you know the story of the alabaster box. You know, the alabaster box had precious ointments in it, right? And it says she used the ointments to wash Jesus' feet. Some of us, because this is the box, alabaster box, some people focus on the box. That wasn't the most important thing. It was the contents. And that's what we're doing. We're focusing on our cover at the expense of our contents. And so, so yeah, when we're running around trying to get props from this person, props from that person, keeping up with everybody, it's all about our shell at the expense of what's in us. And what's in us has been designed to fulfill us and everybody around us. And so that's so, so, so it's, it's, it's time for a burial so we can... Um, Resurrect some power. It's time for a burial so we can resurrect some power. It's time for a burial. So as Billy Graham said, I'm crucified with Christ. It's Galatians 2. I, I know we never read it. I don't know if I turned to it. I did turn to it. <laughs> uh, 2.20. We're done with this scripture. It says, uh, Galatians 2.20. It says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in this fleshly body, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, look, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So what he's saying is I'm crucified. I've buried myself in Christ. So, so, so that's the thing. The thing is to be crucified, right? And, and embrace it. And I get it. I get it. It's very difficult. It's difficult for all of us. It's been difficult for me. It's still difficult. Like, I, I be, I'm crucified every day. So Paul said, I die daily. So I'm crucified every day. And the flesh be wanting to rise up, especially when things don't, you know, go your way. People, uh, I don't like being misunderstood, just for the record. So if people misunderstood you, you know, you want to, like, call them right away, uh, drive over their house. Hey! I heard this. You saw that all wrong, but you can't always do that. You have to trust God can resurrect you from there. 
Yeah, there's some things we're dealing with now, pending things. We're trying to sell a house, trying to get a, uh, get our new home, all at the same time. I mean, it's almost, you know, sometimes I be getting all these calls because I have a rule. If, 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 if it's crazy, I got to step back and process. You know, <laughs> I like a step back and process. And you got all this, this stuff going on. But I'm like, man, I ain't got nothing to do with this. I said, Lord, how you want to do this? You know, and God's like, hey, Keith, guess what? I can resurrect you from there. <laughs> Every situation, it'd be like, hey, I can resurrect you from there. Hey, no, no, no. What's that situation? Hey, because we're looking for a building. Remember, we're looking for a building. We didn't have the down payment. The first building. They gave it to somebody else. God said, hey, 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 hey. I can resurrect you from there. Then, we, then there's the building near where you live. They sold that to somebody. Right? God said, hey, 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 hey. I can resurrect you from there. Right? And while we were doing all this, this God is sweet like that. God just kept funding our account. Supernaturally. I, like, if y'all really saw, understood, I, like, I just be telling you stuff. Sometimes when you hear numbers, you be like, you know, the, the Venetians give for, hey, glory to God, glory to God. But he ain't never did it before. Ever. In the history of us being at this church. Right. So, so you know what God was saying? Hey, I can resurrect you from there. And that's what he's trying to tell you. Like, uh, the scripture says, if you're willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. Another version of that scripture says, if you only let me help you, I'll make you rich. What he's saying is, if you let me resurrect you. Look, you're holding on to your control because you're like, but if I let go, what's going to happen? Like when I first filled with the Holy Spirit, I didn't want to let go because I thought my whole body was going to (laughs) explode. It's like, I ain't letting go. Y'all can pray all day. I ain't letting go up in here. I just felt like my body, my body was felt like something was trying to come out and I couldn't control it. I was like, no, 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 we won't be letting go here. Y'all can pray. I don't know what y'all doing. I'm not letting go. But finally, I, I, I ran out of natural gas and I just <laughs> and I let go I just let go and and look I'm fine <laughs> I'm okay I'm okay yeah I made it I'm okay God said go to Charlotte I was like ah come on man we done developed a look I, I already left a reputation in, in New Jersey a basketball reputation now I have a ministry reputation I'm connected with with schools and universities you saying go to Charlotte and we don't know. My cousin was here. That's it. And we, we ain't got no, no, no money, no nothing. Go to Charlotte. God said, hey, hey, hey. Psst, psst. I can resurrect you from there. 